Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me get some shit said here. Welcome. New studio. How y'all like it? This is actually the corner of my garage, if you can't tell. Unpowered, unheated. I got a little heater in front of me because it's like 30s out. Fucking Spokane. Got a little marine battery down there. Hold on, let me see if I can show you. It's, uh... Pretty ghetto. <clears throat> Marine battery, inverter, going up to a shop light, LED shop light from Walmart's. Good, good stuff. So. I'm really excited about this. I tried to spend as little money as possible. I already had a DSLR camera. Right now we got it sort of funkily rigged to this. It's doing like a screen capture thing, which is like a, a hack that uh, live stream gamers use. But eventually, you know, if we, if we get anywhere with this, I might invest in a, they call them video capture devices, and you can hook up multiple cameras. <laughs> And switch shit around, but this is as basic as I've, I've got. Well, it's not basic. I had to learn a few things. The software I'm using is pretty cool. It's uh, free. It's called OBS. But I'm not gonna bore you guys with details. I'm just really excited about gear. Like I said last time. Oh, so originally Ben was supposed to come here tonight and do this with me. <laughs> But he's being a hypochondriac bitch. He's got something, some kind of AIDS in his throat and some AIDS somewhere. I don't fucking know. So he's out. But God forbid I did not do a podcast in this new setup. Um, I might get up and move the camera in a bit just to show you how funky it is. This This looks good right here, just moving blankets. But if I pan over to that way... Part of the wall's uncovered. It's unfinished in here. Get the shots going for the thoughts. I know I will not be able to use that music um, if we get any kind of validity. Because uh, I tried looking up music rights, man. People are pretty anal about that stuff. It's hard to get. But anyway, my... My wife suggested we use that. I think it's a great song, so it fits perfect. Um, yeah, so it's been uh, a couple good days. I spent, it was just weird because she's 10 months old already, but I spent my first 24 hours alone with my daughter. Not because I'm scared or anything, uh, just because Brittany's always around and there's no reason for her to jet off if... uh but she had to go help a friend and she stayed the night over there so daddy and Nola time it was great I love it man I love being a dad it's 
Smooth as a motherfucker. That didn't really make sense right there. I'm trying to minimize this fucking mic handling noise. I'm doing my best with a low budget. If all you techies out there want to know what I got going on, they're pretty cheap mics, but they do a decent job. They don't pick up much background noise. You can definitely hear the heater hissing in the back. It's a nice little propane heater. Um, like I said, if if we get any validity, maybe we'll upgrade. I know them. That's one of the first things I'll be looking at is new mics. Even though these these are great, I'm just a fucking audiophile. Get them fucking SM7Bs. Hey, I might try to change something in the sound real quick. Oh, hold on. Let me fix this. There we go. Um, Apparently you can put a little compression in here straight from this program called OBS. And I know... Um, anybody who podcasts has probably heard of it, so. Ducking source. See, I don't know what half this shit means. Output gain. Make sure I'm not going up too high on this shit. I've got a, an audio box here. I'm getting a mixer. It's going to make things, it's an analog mixer, so it's going to make things easy. I'm just going to connect everything to that and just run it through my interface. Much fucking easier. Um, so this week, it's been weird. I was going to tell Ben this story, and uh, but I'll just, I do a potato chip delivery run. It's in a semi, and I deliver to the distributors, but I use a pallet jack to unload and it's a pretty simple gig. I love it. Feeds the family, you know. But it's through Montana. And this time of year, Montana's just fucking disgusting. It's cold. It's snowy. They barely plow. Those fuckers just give it a good scrape. And, well, I can't even say good. They they just give it a scrape and haul ass home. Um, fuck. But yeah, I um, I got caught on uh, McDonald Pass out of Helena. First time ever getting, well, spinning out on a pass. Sorry, I'm trying to fucking do some things here. I wonder if this will do anything. Do I should probably fix that. Maybe. I don't know. I think I should just take that off of there. Yeah, we'll just leave that off. But anyway, yeah, I um, I got caught on the pass. I almost got blown over over in Livingston. They have a really bad wind area over there, just a tunnel. And they had part of the highway closed, so I went around. But I was getting blown pretty bad. I had to grab the left lane because there's a little bit of a lean on it. Um, when I'm coming back this way, I usually don't weigh anything. I mean, when I'm going out there, it's potato chips. They weigh, <sighs> most I ever carry is 25, 30,000 pounds. And you can carry 50,000 in a truck, so 
I don't think it's even like 20,000 pounds. <clears throat> I got to get a little, little whiskey in me before I start getting funny and less dry. I'm excited about this, though. I've, I've wanted to do this for a while now. And I have the opportunity. I have the time. Um, oh, fuck. Sorry about these technical difficulties. Now it is with first-time podcasters. And they bullshit. Um, I would like to... get this shit solid pain in the ass yeah I'd like to get it to where so it's in the garage it's unpowered unheated like I said so ideally everything that's electronic in here solid state stuff like um my interface camera I don't think camera is considered solid state I don't know what I'm talking about anything anything electronic besides the wiring and stuff and the hardware I take out, it's not that much, I try to keep it pretty mobile, and I can still fit my fucking car in here with this table set up. Shout out to Ben, did one thing right, let us have this table. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for him to get his bitch ass on here, he needs to pull his dick out of his girlfriend and come do a podcast. He makes excuses sometimes, and he's going to hear this and shit on me, but he makes excuses, and he's uh, the kind of person that, um, I call him a yeah butt because it looks like a peeking. Uh, he's one of those people that can easily find a, a problem, and I'm not going to try to talk too much shit about it. <laughs> I really want him to hear to defend himself. Mostly, I mean, I'll just say what I like to do. How about that? I personally like to think of how I can take responsibility of a situation and not try to make excuses. Sometimes I do. Brittany will tell you. She knows me best. <clears throat> oh, dude, I was driving out of my complex earlier. This fucking dumb bitch is out in the middle of the road. Um, just, n just totally avoiding the sidewalk. And, uh, she came out of a complex, and we don't have a lot of crackheads here, but I think she might be an amateur. She might, uh, might have found the magic powder. Um, she almost got hit a few times. But that's another thing, like, people are beeping at her and, like, I mean, this is one car in the cul-de-sac up here, just honking at her and like speeding around her. I was like, you could probably just slow down and you know creep around her. It's an obstacle in the road. She's uh obviously got something going on. So I don't know if your horn's gonna make her see the light. I'm I'm kind of curious to see the fucking ambient sound. Um, how about we stop talking about? boring stuff. I really fucking thought Ben was going to be here. God, I'm going to shit on him. Literally. On his chest. Give him give him one of those. <sighs> um, last time 
I soloed this shit. I was talking about how Ben and I met and kind of just a little life in my early 20s. For all you uh, fucking, I don't know, chuds that don't know I'm 30 years old. I'll be a healthy 31 this year. I'm excited. My 20s were definitely interesting and... I gotta say, I, I think I did what I wanted to do because by the time I, um, by the time I met Brittany and we started thinking about having a child, I was like, you know what, I'm ready to write the next chapter, and that's a good feeling. I don't know how many people have that, but I did, even though some of those, I think it's just new relationships for me. Some insecurities creep in, and they're, it just takes practice to deal with them. But for me, it just took like a year, and they don't happen anymore. I'm golden. So hopefully, uh, you know, people listening can learn to hold on until, you know, the uh, feeling passes. By the way, um, shout out to Sam Grant Whiskey and this fucking beautiful glass. Is that, oh, uh, <laughs> beautiful, I don't know what the fuck you call these. Is it a s- sniffer? Snuffer? Anyway, this beautiful whiskey glass that came with a decanter that Brittany got me. Fucking awesome. Uh, for Christmas, for Jeeba's birthday. So, full disclosure, this podcast has no rhyme or reason. Um, I really just wanted to get some thoughts out there about that. Get some gear. Ben and I have decent conversations and I think like I said before I think um, even noticed this week when I was just going about my life I was like oh I can think I could talk about this on the podcast I should start writing this shit down by the way because this is all over the place but I was just thinking like oh maybe I should talk about that or maybe I should save this story for the podcast or maybe I should learn about this and Work on my fucking speech pattern. It gets pretty bad, man. I don't know how many other people in the world are just as awful as I am stopping on in the middle of sentences, but I do it quite often. I'm going to have to fix that. Maybe zip tie it right there. It's kind of annoying. Oh, I don't know. I'll just try to miss it for for this showing. <sighs> anyway, I'm going to try to pick up where I left, left off last time. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, we settled about Puerto Rico for a while, got sick of each other, 
Um, I ended up moving to D.C. and Ben came back to Spokane. I don't know where he worked or what he did. We didn't talk for a little while. We ended up uh, reconnecting a little bit. But, man, you hang out with someone too long and you share finances with them and you both have some reluctance towards, you know, a certain common uh, life path that we were on. No security, no jobs, nothing like that. It could take a toll. It could really fucking eat at your friendship, and that's exactly what it did. <sighs> Luckily, we kept in touch. He's kind of a shithead. But I love the kid. I try not to uh, set off too many emotional buttons. I'm really trying to get him to be less emotional. Um, I'm really kind of curious about what he thinks about this podcast. Talking all this shit about him already. I should call him. I wish I had a way to... uh, Shit, fucking... Oh, I might. Yeah. He's probably asleep, little bitch ass. Oh well. <sighs> um. Fuck. So yeah. God damn it! I really wish I had a fucking someone to riff with, cause. I mean, last time I I did it alone, I had some ideas in my mind, but... Oh, shit. What's going on? What the fuck is playing? Oh. Fucking had YouTube open. <laughs> so, um... After uh, Puerto Rico... I talk about Puerto Rico a lot, huh? Which was... I highly recommend it, man. I met so many cool people there. Most of them not Puerto Ricans. Most people just traveling. That's that's really where... I, when I've traveled, I realized, you know... It's easier to meet people while you're traveling... Than it is if you live in the same place... You know, for a while. Because when you're traveling, people are... They're open... Their minds are open, their hearts are open to new possibilities, new people. Um, when people get into strange places and situations, they become a little vulnerable and want you know a friend around, and they're willing to make new ones. So that's why I highly suggest people uh, stay at hostels when they travel. <laughs> I don't know why the fucking those movies were uh so scary. It's just a fucking movie. They're they're not like that. They're fucking awesome. I love me a good hostel. I stayed at this these uh mostly in Bang uh, in Thailand. Well, mostly in Bangkok. They didn't really have them outside of Bangkok that much. Um when I went to Thailand in 16 we stayed in hostels in Bangkok, and it was it was cool. You know, this is what you get. You get a bunk. It could be first, second, or third 
bunk high. You get a locker. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you got to pay for it. You are typically in a female or co-ed. Usually there's no male only. Usually there's a female or a co-ed dorm where thoughts can choose to stay with creepy-ass men from around the world. And you really got to, if you have trouble sleeping, which I sleep like a dead ass. If you have trouble sleeping, you really got to worry about that shit. Because people snore, they fuck, they blow their nose, they fart, you know. It's it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for someone who is used to luxury travel. Even though they can be pretty nice. Mostly it's just a place to lay your head after a long night. Which is typically what people get into. But uh, the best thing is there's common areas. There's people, when you're putting your bags away, you meet people. You automatically, if you're traveling, you're going to find commonalities. Typically, if you're American, you're going to get a little little bit of prejudgment that you have to shake off later um, to let them know that you're actually cool. Uh, one trick I see people doing a lot... I might turn this game down a little bit. One trick I see people doing a lot is saying they're from Canada. It's like American light. And Canada's not very controversial around the world, so... People say that, and they typically don't get the the judgment that you get when you say you're American. Um, uh, so I did 2016. I did uh, Tanzania. For all you you fucking dropouts that don't know, Tanzania is East Africa. Um, did the autonomous country or autonomous province, I don't fucking know, of Zanzibar, which is off the coast of Tanzania. It's technically part of Tanzania, but you still have to bring your passport when you go there and they stamp it. It's weird. But it's a beautiful, really old city that was... Well, Zanzibar's not a city. It's a... Zanzibar is a giant island, and Stone Town is the main city there. Stone Town was built in fucking the medieval days, it seems like, because you can't even walk over there without getting hit by a moped, and back in the day it would have been a horse, or a whatever the equivalent of a crackhead was. Mostly a horse, though. It was a beautiful place, man. The only shitty thing is uh, they don't sell alcohol. They're uh, uh, super Muslim. Is that right? Or Islam. They're an Islamic place. They don't have booze around, but luckily we brought our own Tanzanian. Uh, He was a fiancé of my ex's friend. And so he found us some booze, some, uh, fuck what they call it. Tanzanian whiskey. It's got a little fire logo on the package. It usually comes in these little plastic bags. 
little fucking plastic bags. You snip the top and you just take, I think it's like three or four shots in there. Oh, what the fuck is it called? I'm going to look this shit up real quick. Here, I'll do a little switch. Oh. I'm going to do a fucking... Sorry about that bullshit. Oh, uh, Tanzanian whiskey. Let's look it up real quick. Tanzania. Tanzania. Fuck. I can't see. It's on the tip of my tongue. Konyagi. Yes. Konyagi. Yes, shit was, it was not good. I was about to say it was so good, but it's not good. It'll fuck you up, though. For sure. Let's see. Uh, Konyagi. Konyagi. Oh, it's not whiskey, it's gin. Interesting. So here it is in a bottle for all you classy folk. And here it is on the left. In a little bag. Oh, fuck. This little bag right here. I don't know why it has a barcode. People don't fucking use scanner. Well, they do in the bigger shops, but... That's another thing about traveling, man. You gotta... You gotta be on your game with haggling. You gotta know kind of what the price is and how to not get too ripped off. So yeah, apparently that's gin, but it just tastes like ethanol, to be honest with you. It'll fuck you up. There's also... What was the Tanzanian beer? So most places I've been around the world, there's one main beer that people buy. That's the cheap stuff. It's like Budweiser, if Budweiser was like what everybody drank in America. And beer in Swahili is Bia, B-I-A, like Little John, Tanzanian B. That's not right. Hey, you cunt. Oh, that's right. My R button isn't working that well. Uh, Serengeti. That was kind of like the high prize one. Ndovu. That one was all right. Safadi. I drank a lot of Safadi, and Kilimanjaro was uh, a little more expensive, but I drank a lot of Safari. Safari. Ndovu, I had that a couple times. Um, in Swahili, you'd pronounce that. Mm, Dovu. So I think it's just a fun language, man. I mean, everybody's seen Lion King. So they know all about Hakuna Matata, even though when people say, you know, don't worry about it over in Tanzania, it's Hamnashida, which basically means, you know, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. And Hakuna Matata is whatever the Lion King said. Fuck, I remember. That's uh, one thing I, I will forever. I should preface this by saying what the fuck I'm actually talking about. When when I travel, if it's not Mexico or some other Hispanic country, or Spanish speaking country, I will not bother to learn the language. I'll immerse myself and try to figure out things and try to order food and fucking get a taxi or a hotel. Most places I go to, or I have been, are um, poorer countries, and typically somehow they fucking know a little bit of English. So I do not bother, and the best thing you can do, I'm not going to bother to learn or read fucking Thai. Are you kidding me? Who the fuck wants... Let me get off the screen. 
Who the fuck wants to learn Thai? Have you seen that script? It's a bunch of fucking... looks like my signature. Um, I went to Laos. Laos. I'm not learning that shit. They know English pretty well. I mean, they, they know, you know, motel, food, soup, chicken. I'm not going to learn Vietnamese because even though they use Latin script, the fucking words are not produced like you would say the letters. Like pho. There's a little question mark thing over the O. Pho is how it's pronounced in Vietnam. It's pronounced like a question, but that's how it's pronounced no matter what. <sighs> I gotta take a breath here. I don't know why I'm so full of pressure. I think I need more whiskey. So I will grab this fucking coffee mug full of Samuel Grant and get a little more go juice in my life. Cheers. <clears throat> Cheers is pretty universal, by the way. I wish I could go back and remember what the fuck I was talking about. My mind will not do that for me. So, <laughs> I gotta let it out, man. I can't help it. I was talking about Tanzania. Oh, I was talking about where I was traveling. Tanzania was one of my favorite places. And I'll tell you why. The people there have that kind of fatalistic approach to life. And not in a macabre sort of way. More of a, like, you know, this could be the end, so why not, why not enjoy it? I think that's a common misconception around the world that poor people are sad. I think uh, the inverse is true, that poor people are probably happier than most rich people. Because they, I mean, people have what they need, for the most part, especially in Tanzania. So the uh, eastern part of the country, which is where Dar, Dar es Salaam, which is the main city, it's not the capital, but it's the main city, Dar and uh, Zanzibar, the island, and pretty much the area around Dar is very uh, Islamic, and everything around that is Christian. Thank you to colonization, I think it was England, because they, their currency is a shilling. I don't know my history and geography that well. I'm a dropout, high school dropout, and college. Dose. Judge all you want. <clears throat> Hate. Be jealous. I found my way. I found my way to make ends meet without complaining um, even though that my job will probably be gone in about 10 years due to self-driving rigs which is okay I'm not going to blame anybody I'm not going to strike against it I would never fight against innovation and technology um, especially ones that are meant for efficiency 
Self-driving trucks are going to be super efficient. We can only drive 11 hours a day. And that sounds like a lot, and it is. It's pretty taxing. But that truck is sitting for the other... Whatever the fuck 24 minus 11 is. It's sitting for that long. The truck doesn't care. That's why some outfits run team operations. I gotta get something else besides whiskey in my in my fucking throat. Uh, yeah, that's why some outfits run teams. So one guy sleeps while the other one drives. But it's really hard to find a team that works. Because you're in a fucking cab for days on end, weeks on end. Sometimes months. Just fucking sucking down each other's farts. I couldn't do it. I had to do it for a few months when I was training. Never again. And that's the thing. I'm the inefficient part of a truck. I'm the reason why companies lose money on efficiency. It's because not only can I only drive a specific amount of time in the day per DOT rules, but um, I require money to be, I require to be paid for my time, obviously. And I, like many other truck drivers, do not want someone else driving the truck while I sleep. That's fucking, it's a little scary. It's just a pain in the ass. I'm an introvert, so I don't like being around people that much. If I had to share a tiny little space. I mean, trucks these days are really nice. They're big, but they're big for one person. They're pretty fucking small for two people. And you got to share a bed, legally. There are two bunk beds. There's one bed on the bottom in a team truck and one bed above that that folds out. But legally, you have to be in the bottom bunk when the truck is moving because it has restraints. Um, nobody fucking uses those. But legally, you have to be in that bunk. And so that means you got to share a bed with somebody, even though there's another bed up there. But, I mean, let's be real. Who the fuck wants to be on a top bunk 11 feet up while someone else is driving a semi down the road? You'll get a fucking stomachache so bad. I couldn't. Could not do it. That's why I'm... I'm happy that... I ended up doing what I'm doing now. And only ever solo driving. Back to Tanzania. We did... <clears throat> started on Dar. So my ex was a... Oh... Can you guys give me one second? My battery in the camera died. So I gotta switch one out real quick. I gotta I got a power adapter coming for that so we got no interference with that kind of stuff, but give me a give me a few seconds.
three batteries for this bitch, so it should last however long I can fucking think of things to say. Live view. Gotta do some shit here. I think I might have jostled the camera a little bit, so it might be a little bit of a different angle. But you guys probably won't fucking even notice. So, here we go. Gotta do something about this aluminum ass table. It's so loud. Um, this fucking battery's lasting a while. I don't know how much charger yet. I think I gotta get a charger or I can take it with me on the road and hook it up to the truck while I'm driving. I might end up doing that. It's pretty simple. There's some posts, some battery posts that are outside on the frame. I could just hook some jumper cables up to that and tie it down to the catwalk. But anyway. <clears throat> we started out in Dar. Saying my ex uh, at the time, she, my girlfriend at the time, was a Peace Corps volunteer about 10 years ago. Well, about 15 at this point. She was in this little village outside of Mbeya, which is uh, in the highlands, more inland. I think it's closer to Uganda and Rwanda. And uh, so the purpose of starting there was to go visit that village, which we did. We traveled around. We took this train. Did we take? No, we took a bus to Mbeya. That was the worst fucking ride of my life. So in Tanzania, they pack motherfuckers on this bus. Okay. The bus doesn't stop for you. You got to get on while it's rolling. One guy drives. One guy takes your money and packs your shit on top of people, on on babies, wherever it's got to go. They, uh, they'll put you anywhere they can fit you. If there's dead air somewhere, they'll put you there. It doesn't matter if there's a seat. It doesn't matter if there's luggage. They'll put you anywhere. And when we were traveling there... The road was being redone, and roadworks don't happen efficiently in third world countries. Roadworks happen on their time, which is charming in a way. It's charming until you get on the bus and you're hitting potholes at 60 plus, and you're Dust is blowing up everywhere. You're breathing in dust. You got fucking bubble guts from the gypsy cuckoo and the dirty water. You want to take a bathroom break? Yeah, we'll stop for a minute. It's funny how when they're driving, there is no time to spare. They got to get to where they're going. But when they're stopped, there's all the time in the world. I don't get that. It was such a weird juxtaposition that just the action of driving made people so... In, they were just in a rush to get everywhere. 
but when they were not working or driving, they're at peace. There's all the time in the world. It was a pain in the ass as an American to get used to. And I blame America. I don't blame America for shit. I don't really have any convictions, to be honest with you. <clears throat> like I said, this podcast is about nothing. And everything. Remember that. So, so the road was just a dust track. And we're bouncing around for days to get to Mbeya. And we're not even there yet. From Mbeya, we got to find our way to the village because there's no public transport that goes there. I mean, this is a tribal village. They speak, they barely speak Swahili. <clears throat> this uh, cord's really getting me. They barely speak Swahili. A lot of the younger people do because it's, it's more um, critically taught in first form which is like kindergarten elementary school basically um so we gotta ride on a peaky peaky or a what are they called that's why I said Swahili's fun they they basically name things they give words to what the thing sounds like, so Peaky Peaky is like a moped, like Peaky 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 Peaky, and uh, there's another word for it. It's more of a motorcycle sound. Not used more widely in Tanzania, but more in Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda. I think it starts with an M. But anyway, you know, like cuckoo. Cuckoo is chicken. Cuckoo. Gypsy is uh, potatoes or fries. Oh, Facebook is Facebooka. Beer. Bia. It's a fun language, man. Um, hello is... Uh, shit, what is that? It's such an obvious word. I can't fucking... Oh, hold, let me look this shit up. Because I really want to know now. Thank you as Asante. Jumbo. Jumbo. And then when you want to say hi back, it's see Jumbo. And Mambo. Mambo is also, I believe, hi. I can't fucking type for shit. Mambo is things. Never mind. Fuck it. I don't know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> In fact, I don't remember what I was talking about. And that is the awesomeness that you'll get from this podcast on a probably weekly basis. Just a bunch of things that I or Ben and I or just Ben just do not know what the fuck we're talking about. 
I'm very proud of my travels, though. I'm very happy that I did them. I don't think I've come away with some kind of in-your-face mentality about how the world works. I think that's the opposite of what ideally you're supposed to learn. I've mostly just learned more humility just to um to appreciate how people just like you and I flesh and bone whatever skin color how people survive around the world and how they do it with a smile on their face there's there's a lot of commonalities even though you wouldn't feel them right away in a country like Tanzania I mean you laugh with somebody you're you're miming what you want you know I, I want a, a bed a hotel um, or a taxi taxi well, or you know taxi hotel that's a it usually um, ends in you getting what you want and a little bit of laughter because they don't really give a fuck that you don't know the language, but they know what you're talking about, and typically they have fun miming with you. I say that typically. I mean, everywhere around the world, you're going to get all the eggs. You're going to get good people. You're going to get cynical people. You get happy people, sad people, people that beg, people that just appreciate what they have. Um, Another thing that people commonly talk about when traveling, especially in Mexico, because that's where a lot of Americans tend to go when they go out of the country, is people staring at you. And at first it is uncomfortable. But you got to realize that in America, we do have diversity. We have Hispanic and black and Asian. We have a lot of different kinds of people that look very different from each other. In a lot of third world countries, it's native people. A lot of them look alike. When, uh, let's say, Kobe Bryant goes to Mexico. He's going to get stared at. He's a tall black man. I don't know why I picked Kobe Bryant. I don't even watch basketball. But he's the first. Let's go with Shaq. When Shaq goes to Mexico, he gets looked at. He looks out of place. And that's what people are looking at. They're not trying to rob you. They're not trying to think you're a good kidnap victim. They're just like, oh, well, that's different. We gotta appreciate that. And you gotta kinda have fun with it, to be honest. You gotta have a little bit of uh, humor about it. Because I've gotten on uh, colectivos in Mexico, not knowing where I'm going, or at least not knowing how to say where I'm going. And definitely just saying yes to whatever they say. Thinking I know what I'm talking about. And, uh, I don't know, it just, 
It makes you a little more humble, I think. Which is good. Because if you do it in the wrong place, who cares? You're traveling, right? It's a new experience. You've, you've typically got, you know, a time that you get there and sort of a time that you're you're going to leave or um, or a ticket that's already bought. i got to plug in my laptop really quick. Hold on, y'all. Oh, now we got the hum from the inverter and a little bit of a flicker from the light. Hope you all are all right with that. I got no other option. Charge it for a little bit. Typically, this podcast won't be this long, but I'm just trying to find shit to talk about. And I've been wanting to do this in the garage for a while. So I'm taking my time with it. Hopefully it'll level out in a bit. Keep an eye on the battery to see where it gets to. Jesus Christ. And I don't have to use this for recording. I could use my digital recorder, which will last forever. But that just... Don't have the cables for it at the moment. And plus, I wouldn't be able to record video. Anyway, there's a certain fuck it attitude about traveling and the humility um, that comes with the traveling that you, you really need to embrace. Because if you don't, you will certainly not have a good time. I can tell you that. If you're always worried about getting robbed or getting kidnapped, you're not going to have a good time. Just realize that people are there, typically in the non-touristy areas or the less touristy areas. People are there just to make some money from you. In the really touristy areas, yeah, you do have to worry about getting robbed and shit. And I think Rio, which I haven't been to, is a... um, good location for that if you if you'd like to get robbed um Tanzania not so much though I went to some really weird places in Tanzania I heard some stories obviously I they didn't happen to me but I've heard the scare stories about how people uh they I'm going to hold on I'm going to fix this camera Put on manual focus so it stops trying to autofocus me. Um, I heard the stories. This one guy told me a story. It was him, or his. I think I heard it from you know. It's like a telephone situation where you hear it from someone else who told someone else. And this guy was just in a cab, and not you know you don't know where you are, so you trust the. Maybe I had the wrong thing.
That should be sufficient for now. He was in a cab. Or she. I don't fucking know who it was. But not knowing where they are, they trusted the cabbie to take them where they thought they were going. And they ended up in a dark alley. A couple guys got in the car, said, uh, we don't want to hurt you, just give us your money, let's go to the ATM, take all the money out. That's all we want is the money. And that's some scary shit, because what if, what if you don't have the money? What are they going to do? Are they just going to let you go? Maybe, maybe not. I definitely don't want to be in those situations. I haven't been. Um, but they do happen. Here's the thing, though, that a lot of people don't realize is those things also happen in America. But in America, if you're getting robbed, typically, the guy who's robbing you, he probably has a gun. It doesn't happen very much in third world countries. A lot of times they're illegal for people to have guns. They'll knife the shit out of you, though. <clears throat> I'm not going to get too political. I own a gun. I have a concealed carry. I don't give a fuck what people think. I think it's cool. I'm not going to get political about it. People can fight their own battles and talk shit. And, uh... Get the, uh... Keep the politic train moving, but I'm just going to do what I do. So those things do happen in third world countries. You're an easy target. You're not from there. You're not... The police aren't going to help you. But... I don't know. When I travel, I have, a lot, I have a lot of faith in people. I think people are generally good. I also do that with uh, one eye open. I, I watch myself. I only take the money that I need in cash. I leave my cards in a hostel somewhere or buried in my bag in a hostel somewhere. Just got to be smart. You can't carry fucking debit cards and credit cards on you. Um, the passport's different. A lot of times you should carry it on you. If you're going out at night in a, in some weird place, you probably should not carry it on you. Um, they're not going to ask you for your ID at a bar or anything, so you don't have to worry about that. It's just that people will steal passports and sell them. There is a market for that. Because, I mean, what if someone looks like you? You can easily sell that shit. But I just leave that shit. If I'm going out or something and I'm coming back to the same place at night, I'm not going anywhere. I leave that shit at, in the hostel or something, in a safe place. Typically in hostels, you, you can get a locker with a key um, or bring your own lock, which is even better. I had some great nights there. I had some awesome times in Tanzania and the thing I remember the thing let me read I don't know what why I get so full of air when I'm talking on the podcast I hope that goes away because it's exhausting the thing I re remember the most I'm not drunk I'm just trying to fucking 
maneuver around this small area. The thing I remember the most is how well I was treated, how awesome their attitude toward life is. And I'd like to think I brought a little of that back with me in my heart and soul. And the next destination was Thailand, which a lot of people have been to. And it's a fucking awesome place. Uh, a lot of people go down, go in there to uh, go to the, the islands, check out the the bays and shit. But we flew straight into Bangkok and went north. Um, Bangkok is awesome. It is one of the most lively cities I've ever been to. The food is spectacular. And I'm not talking about in restaurants. I'm talking about on the street. I don't give a shit what kind of water you use to cook. Um, I don't care what the fucking meat is. It is, the flavors are just out of this world. Shout out to Thailand. It really stepped up and made motherfuckers want to eat their food. We went north to the hot spots like Chiang Mai and Pai. North Thailand is beautiful. It is fucking... It is green and mountainous and sweaty. We were there in... We left in July. No, we left in August. So we were in Thailand in September, October. And it was a little bit of wet season happening, but it was... It was just sweltering. Um, I'm not... I'm from Louisiana. You think I'd be good with heat, but... I feel the swamp in my balls, and I it's not a good feeling. I, there's no kind of clothing that could wick away that ball swamp, I swear. And um, it, it's just, it's good that the country was beautiful because if it was just flat and ugly, I would have just been disgusted. With how much I sweat. I don't know how the fuck genetics works. I should be good in the heat. I'm better in the cold. I don't know. I got this beard. My dad and brother can't grow a beard. I I claim it's from living in northern climates for most of my life. But I don't think genetics works that quickly in evolution. So it might also be natural. Maybe from my mom's side. She uh she's from the north. She's from Rhode Island. Thailand was cool though. It was a good mix of uh we went a lot of off beaten off the beaten path places and a lot of well beaten path places. So uh, it was a good mix. I liked it a lot. The food was always out of this world. I highly recommend just going to Thailand for filling your gut. You'll get fat though. It's all carbs. Um I like to 
that's one of the issues I have is trying to explain things from my past. I, I just don't have a very good memory. And it's probably because I'm always tired. I don't sleep that much. It's uh, 10.30 at night right now. And I should go to sleep because I didn't sleep that much last night. My dumbass stayed up. Tried to figure out some software shit. But... You know, because I was really excited for this podcast that Ben and I were supposed to do. But his bitch ass. He's going to come next week and I... If I have to drag him here, if I have to go pick his ass up at his daddy's house, I will do that. It's not that hard. It's only about half an hour away. Thailand. They were really nice people for the most part. Like I said earlier, you're going to have some stragglers that are going to treat you like shit. Treat you like a dumb tourist or a dumb American, which is even worse than a dumb tourist. And then from there, I, I wish I could riff a little more about Thailand, but I just don't have any uh, shining stories about it. I mean, not to say that it wasn't an awesome place. It was a beautiful place. But... Then we went to Laos. I say Laos because we're in America, and there's an S on the end of that shit. But it's pronounced Lao. And in Lao, it's L-A-O. There's no S. I think the S is from the French. Um, It's like, if you've ever been to Vietnam, it's like Vietnam without the uh, growth. It's like backwater Vietnam. It's uh, just a beautiful country. Very, very little tourist infrastructure. I mean, we're taking fucking V8-powered canoes to our destinations, to the jungle. Hey, I'm surprised I didn't end up with any kind of fucking parasites. Well, that I know about. that I didn't end up with any parasites or malaria. I did end up really sick in Tanzania, though. Just for a few days, maybe a week. I think it was from water. My ex, she could drink any water. I don't know how the fuck she does it. She doesn't have any super genes. She's from upstate New York. She could drink the dirtiest water, spit out the fucking the dirt, and go about her day. I got sick. I... I think it's from the water, but I also have a weird gut and eating the same shit all the time, like chicken and eggs. I said that wrong. Potatoes and eggs and weird, questionable chicken. Forget beef. If you get beef, it's it's emaciated. Good luck with that shit. Um, it was uh, Laos was just a beautiful country it was uh, very welcoming we had a great time there we hitchhiked a few times we got picked up uh, you know majority of the time the 
The roads are decrepit with large trucks on them. Totally decrepit. It was a little... So Thailand had that, that uh, balance between, you know, hanging out with other tourists in Thai towns. Laos was more like hanging out with Thais in little Thai villages. Uh, Thais. Laos, Laos was like hanging out. <laughs> Let me say all that shit again. So Thailand had that balance of hanging out with tourists in Thai towns and having a good time. Lao was the inverse of that. It was um, trying to hang out with Laotian people in their villages because we started out in the north where there aren't any big towns. We took a bus to the border and then a little scooter taxi thing the rest of the way. Um, the biggest city in, in, in Laos is, uh, Vientiane. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not gonna fucking be a pronunciation Nazi. I hate those people, especially those travelers, man. You meet some fucking snobby-ass travelers. And I'm talking about, like, snobby travelers that also are roughing it. They just want to get everything native and... And this is how they do it. God forbid you bring any of your culture with you. I'm not saying we should be imperialists again. I'm just saying that you're also a person that comes from a culture and it's okay to mix. It's not the end of the world. They're probably interested in your culture as much as you're interested in their culture even though you're in their country. So I, I try not to be too politically correct when I was there because I don't even know that they fucking know what that means. But people, they really tried. We ended up uh, in the biggest city, Vientiane, when we were traveling to Vietnam, which was about a month later. And here is the start of my favorite part of any trip I've ever taken. Vietnam. It started out super sour. We took a, a bus. These buses are beautiful. There's beds for everybody. You can lay down and take a nap. Except that the driver is on the horn all the time. And most likely at a point two fucking thousand alcohol, blood alcohol level. We really got to fix that. <clears throat> he is on the horn the whole time from Laos all the way to fucking Hanoi. And what the fuck do we pay for? Why do you even have beds in this thing? We could have just had seats. We got to the Laotian border with Vietnam. They made us walk the last, what, 500K or whatever it was to the border to get our passport stamped, um, to get our visas and all that shit in order. The bus was taking the road that was going to 
the border crossing station. God forbid it would drive to the actual station to let us off. No, we all had to walk. And at the time, North Vietnam, rainy and cold. I'm not prepared for this. I was prepared for fucking getting out of the U.S. winter. So, um, my ex decided to stay on the bus because she's like, fuck it. I just take my passport and go get shit done and uh, come back and there's no reason she has to get off the bus. And it makes sense. So I do it. Go to the border station. Um, I'm in line getting my shit done. These lines are never, first of all, they're not really lines. People just go to the front. Even when you're a tourist, you kind of just embrace the culture of uh, no queuing. And whoever is at the front, is who the, that's the one that's going to get helped. Um, waiting in line, and my ex, she comes up to me crying. She explains to me that the bus driver almost fucking hit her. He had his fist drawn back because uh, she wouldn't get off the bus. I'm like, what the fuck does it matter? Uh, for all y'all you, all that don't know, there's Vietnam, you either love it or hate it because of this very thing. It's a very masculine culture. Uh, there's a lot of domestic abuse. Men are are pretty abusive to women, and it's pretty widely accepted. I don't mean to generalize. I'm just saying from my own experience and observation that it's very fine or uh, fine or I guess fine would actually be the right term here. It's very fine division between men and women there. Men hang out with each other and women hang out with each other. And uh, men don't really hang out with women that much unless you're upper class. And, he, and that's even pretty rare. So, I get back on the bus and I'm just fucking screaming at this bus driver. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, don't you ever fucking draw your fist at, you know. And I uh, I call him some names and... Surprisingly, people recognize what I was saying. I was calling him a motherfucker and all that, and people were like, ooh, not knowing English, but knowing that, that was a fucking bad thing to say. And meanwhile, the whole time, the guy was just, he was just saying, you know, get the fuck back on the bus. And we only paid to go to the next town in Vietnam, but we stayed on that fucker, and we took that bitch all the way to Hanoi because we just wanted some... We want a little bit of first world uh, uh, charm and population, and we knew that there was going to be that in Hanoi. So we took that bitch all the way to Hanoi, and I, uh, like all of us, we've all seen Top Gear, the Vietnam special, where they they go to uh, Vietnam and they buy motorbikes, and this is what set this whole thing off. It is a huge market now in Vietnam for tourists to go there and buy a motorbike and travel that way. Um, 
I had the idea from Top Gear. I didn't know it was a huge thing. I just thought we were going to do it and kind of get away with it. Turns out, you know, it's very widely accepted that tourists come there and buy bikes. So we get there. We uh, we stay in Hanoi about a week. Have fun. It's a beautiful city. It, it's Be careful crossing the fucking street. You got to just go, and people will go around you. It's, it's two million uh, mopeds in that city. And they'll go around you. If you hesitate while you're crossing the street, that's when you get hit. You just got to go. There's very few cars. It's all mopeds. And I'm talking about mopeds as a minivan. Like five people on this bitch. 100cc. Maybe. Maybe 90 or 80. Um, so we shop around a little bit. We uh, do some research. There's a lot of old bikes you can buy. They're Honda Wind ripoffs. Honda Wind is a very rugged bike. They stopped producing them in the 80s or 90s, I believe, but there's a lot of knockoffs. And they're they're kind of the uh, the tourist uh, preference. Pretty rugged, and they're typically between 100 and 130 cc, so they can they're very low geared, so they can actually pull a mountain pretty good. Uh, decent suspension. They're four strokes, so um, you're not dealing with two stroke, but air cooled. You get uh, about fucking 70, 80 miles to the gallon in those things. We had two bags and two people on ours, so we got a little less. But we went with a brand new. I'm not gonna take a fucking tourist, not uh, a tourist used beater bike that was two hundred dollars. We went with a brand new D-Tech, which is Vietnamese-made, just a exact replica of the Honda Win. And we, you bought that bitch for $600. And when you buy that in Vietnam, you get the registration card. You don't have to go to any DMV. You technically don't have to have an international driver's license. Even though the cops will try, I'll, I'll get to that later, but the cops will try to hold that against you. All you have to have is this little card that comes with the bike. It already comes with a plate. You don't have to do any kind of registration or insurance or anything like that. So we walk out of there. $700 less with a bike, two helmets, and a custom-made rack for our bags. And I just get my feel for this thing around the city. That's the worst fucking place to figure out. So I'd driven a motorcycle for... Maybe a couple weeks. My dad's a Honda Rebel 650 over in Louisiana and didn't have a motorcycle license or anything. I was just using it when I didn't have a vehicle to drive. I was 20 years old at the time. And that's the that's the complete experience I've had with motorcycles. And so my training ground was Hanoi, Vietnam on a 120cc motorbike in 2 million worth of motorbike traffic. Stop signs are optional. Stop lights are ambiguous. The streets are just wide enough for a car, if there are any. One ways are two ways, if you'd like. Sidewalks are game. 
Um, slow riding, which is, if any of you guys are motorcycle riders, you know slow riding is one of the most difficult things you can do. Because uh, the balance becomes really difficult at that point. you got to kind of use the... You can't lean. you kind of got to use the forks more to steer than you do the leaning. And so I got my... I got wet there in Hanoi, Vietnam with motorcycle riding, okay? Um, I haven't done much or any motorcycle riding since, and I'm really hankering to get back to it. Even though at this point it would be considered a midlife crisis. Fuck y'all. Um, yeah. So. Bah. So I get my my training done in Hanoi, Vietnam, right? And I'm just trying to get a get a hold of this bitch. It's got a really low first gear. Uh, you kind of got to roll around in second gear most of the time. You're not going to get over uh, 20 mile an hour in Hanoi unless you're out on like a, a busy or, not, or a main road. And. You um you've just gotta keep your wits about you, man. People are just gonna they're gonna come down the wrong way, they're gonna fly through stop signs and stop lights, and you gotta kinda figure out whether you're gonna do it too. You gotta fit yourself in between people. Mm, you gotta wear a fucking face mask because there's so much smog. We take advantage of that shit. We I'm a truck driver so I know a lot of people are against emission regulations, right? But those motherfuckers have never been to Cuba. They've never been to Vietnam, just engulfed in diesel and gas exhaust all day, every day. They talk shit about death and diesel particulate filters and catalytic converters and all that shit. But they don't realize that if they didn't have, if we didn't have those, you'd be dead. Unless you wore a face mask, which I don't know if they help that much. But everybody wore them. They're kind of a a statement of fashion and culture in Vietnam to where they come with all these designs and shit. But most people wear them because it is... People are pretty aware that you shouldn't breathe that shit in. And there's a lot of it. So... We spent about a few more days in Vietnam or uh, in Hanoi, just kind of getting used to it, hanging out, other travelers, very few Americans, a lot of uh, Canadians and, well, shouldn't say a lot, a lot of Europeans, obviously. A few Middle Eastern people like uh, Jordan and Israel where, they're, you know, you're actually allowed to travel. Um... <clears throat> Stayed in hostels, obviously. Five to seven dollars a night. Can't go wrong. You get AC. You got lockers. Generally, other travelers are not going to steal your shit. There's. It's very rare that another traveler is out there to get you. They're really on their own mission. By the way, I do not work for Highline. Um, 
It's just a beautiful hat that I wear. Pink. Represent. From there we go north. Um, in fact, I think we go to Halong Bay first, which is... Unfortunately, it was overcast the whole time we were there. And this was my first ex experience with Vietnam police. We were doing about 40, 50K. And they pulled us over. This motherfucker was holding out a baton in front of my helmet. He left the baton in front of my helmet while I passed by. Bam. And so I pulled over. I don't be an ass. But we knew right away, you know, this was probably going to be a shakedown. And we get over to uh, their little fucking shack there. Little tent where just where they hang out all day and extort money. And uh, this motherfucker starts talking. He says we're going 70K in a 50. Bitch, I can't do over 50 in this thing. It just doesn't have the gears for it. There's four gears in this thing. And fourth, you're topping out at 3540. We're not so obviously we're not speeding. So my ex has a brilliant plan of <clears throat> okay, so English is the universal language. They're probably gonna know more English than they know Swahili. She can speak Swahili. So she was speaking to them in Swahili. Oh fuck, my fucking Next camera battery died, so I'm going to go to webcam here. So she was speaking to them in Swahili, right? <clears throat> Great idea. I was I was speaking to them in, like, slang English and uh, a little bit of Spanish, as much as I knew. I'm actually going to change this battery out real quick because I, like I just like the angle better. Hold on one second. Can't wait to get that adapter, man. We'll have to deal with this shit. Also, I don't think these podcasts are going to actually be this long. <sighs> okay. Alright, so... Oh, fuck. That would have not been good. It's a uh, Christmas present. <clears throat> so we get pulled over. She's speaking so highly. I'm speaking English. We give them a hard time. They wanted 100 bucks for speeding. Here's one tip when you get pulled over in, an, in another country. Don't hand them your passport because that shit becomes a ransom. 
you can show them your passport. This is what I did. I opened it up for him. I said, this is who I am. He tried to grab it. I was like, I pulled away. Boy, that did not make him happy. I pulled that shit away. I was like, you can look at it, but you can't take it. And uh, I don't know if he knew what I said, but he was getting mad. So he sent me over to somebody else. I let him look at my passport. He seemed a little bit cooler. Eventually, they dropped down to 50. Still speaking Swahili and, Swahili and English. And uh, as long as you uh, just keep doing that, just keep bullshitting them, they'll probably let you go because they're kind of the... Vietnam may be a communist country, but they're they're capitalist at heart. They're going to look at uh, cost-benefit analysis, and they're going to be like, this motherfucker is not worth my time. And so eventually they just let us go, and we made our fucking silly-ass way to Halong Bay. And it's beautiful, man. These I, I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of Halong Bay. I'll try to bring it up here. <sighs> Let's go to the screen real quick. Uh, I'll go to a cut. Um, where's my shit? Okay. Halong Bay. Uh, we get a little interference from the USB box beam next to my Wi-Fi. We're going to... I'll get that shit fixed. We're going to... When we get our mixer, we're going to figure out a better solution for all that. we got to just hide the mixer under the table or something so it doesn't get any interference. So, I apologize about that. Okay, that's not what I looked for. Ha Long Bay, Vietnam. So, it's these big, uh, it looks like fucking somebody just dropped some rocks there in the middle of a bay. And it's beautiful, man. It is stunning. It was overcast like this. And... Even though it was overcast, it was still beautiful. And that's a tourist area. So we had a great time. Typically, you're going to find a great time in tourist areas. The downside of that is you're going to pay more. You're going to not be able to haggle as much unless you go out to the little towns or, uh, you know, where the workers shop or anything like that. Which I highly recommend. <clears throat> but yeah, from there we went to... I'll show you on the map here. We went all the way up to... Uh, let's see, Vietnam. Uh, from there we went back to Hanoi and spent a few more days. Um, from Hanoi, so we did Halong, and then we went north... To I think it was here. We went all the way. All the way. Northernmost point of Vietnam. And my bitch ass. I was uh I was by myself for some of this trip. And so is that where we went? 
Or was it over here? These roads are fucking windy, by the way. They're and typically not paved. So it was pretty harrowing. The only accident we ever had is uh, we were on this mountain road, a lot of traffic, but it was really thick gravel. And I accidentally uh, kicked it in the first gear while we are going up a hill. And the front end just fucking came over on us. And so we we dropped the bike. She fell off the back. I fell off the back. We had some people come out and help us lift the bike up and shit. And we kept going. But, I mean, for 3,000 miles in Vietnam, that was fucking beautiful. That that was the only accident we ever had. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, this is... Up through here was where we went. Northernmost point of it. See if I can recognize this. I'm pretty sure it is. Lungku. I'm pretty sure that's where it was. Anyway, my bitch ass drove on some goat trails around this border right here, and then I hit the border with uh, China, and I I took some pictures up there. Just a little uh, footpath through the through the woods. You can hear people on the other side probably speaking Chinese. And then from there, we, uh, we, uh, I, I won't tell the exact group because I don't fucking remember. But we took kind of a inland route, which was not great of an idea. Because at the time, it was more of the rainy season inland. Vietnam's weird because it's got one section could have rainy a rainy season while the other section could be cold up here. The other section could be dry and hot. Um, but we hit, we stayed inland. We hit uh, these things, these towns out here. Saw some tunnels from the world, uh, Vietnam War. Um, came over to the coast a few times. Dong Ha, we went there. Hue. Hue was cool. I think Dong... There was this one city on the coast that was um, not touristy. In fact, we did not even have to haggle. We got the local price no matter where we went. Where we went. Da Nang is a Russian hangout. Weird. And Hoi An. Hoi was pretty cool. It's pretty touristy. I can't remember the fucking town... So yeah, one of these coastal towns, it was uh, very, go back to the main here, scene, it was, it was a local place, so they weren't used to the tourist idea of ripping people off, and I was... I was just flabbergasted. I was like, this fucking city's awesome. We're not getting ripped off. We're getting a beautiful place for $12 a night. We're just getting treated like, you know, a regular person. And that's something that's uh, looked over. Like, when you're traveling for months on end, sometimes you don't want to be looked at as a guest. Sometimes you want to be looked at as a local or uh, just someone who's looking for a place to uh, rest their head and, you know, wants all the comforts of home. And so that's what we got in the city. I can't remember the... If I really looked at the map hard, I remember it. I knew it was on the coast. It's funny. To preface that city, we... 
we almost fucking wrecked the the motorcycle because coming into the city, it was just a really rough road. And we hit this little overpass bridge thing. It was going over a little river or a creek or something. And we hit that bitch at like 40 mile an hour. And it was about three inches. The bridge was about three inches above the road. We hit that bitch. We fucking caught air. It was dope. I kept control because I'm the fucking man, but it scared the fucking piss out of me, man. I changed my shorts after that one. And then right after that, going off the bridge, same thing. We caught air. You'd think I'd learn my lesson in the in like on the bridge, but I just kept it hammered down because, you know, that's how I roll. Um But yeah, we got to the city and it was just it was just so it was charming, it was welcoming, it was a nice change from the What's the uh, the abrasiveness of Vietnamese culture? I think abrasiveness is the best word I can just can use to describe Vietnamese culture. They're just hard people. They're they're not emotional like fucking Ben's bitch ass. <laughs> they are hardy people. They are not interested in emotions or feelings or anything but what's at hand. And uh, sometimes that hand is the hand that strikes a woman. You fucking assholes. But I don't mean to generalize. I know some of y'all are good people, right? Nah, I mean even the men. I would I would love to hang out with a Vietnamese dude. Um, you know, a less violent one, but have them across from me right there. You know, we're going to, eventually we're going to have three cameras in this bitch. We're going to have one facing me right here. Something similar facing Ben, just like it's facing me. And something capturing the both of us. It's going to look professional as fuck, but it's going to not be in sound. And, uh, I don't know how the fuck. How fucking long I've been talking so far. It's probably been an hour. I bet it's been more than an hour. I don't have a good sense of time. But I don't really want to stop talking, so I'm going to keep going. Um, man, if you ever get a chance to uh, expand your horizons... Especially if you're American and you haven't been out of the country. America is not going to give you a good... A good uh, idea of what the world is like, what people go through. There are some parts of America, obviously, that will uh, be more depraved, I guess. That will let you know those things, but on a different kind of level. There's uh just s- scales, I guess, of um existence in Tanzania, let's say. 
the same person that lives on a dollar a day, let's say, which was probably pretty good, probably rolling in the dough. Um, in America, the equivalent would be like, let's say, $20 a day. The person in America, just by contrast to society in itself, would be much more depraved than the person living on a dollar a day in Tanzania. Because in Tanzania, government, the society is so... Um, there's a word for this, I swear. The society is so... Well, let's just say it's different. It's... First of all, the population is much more... Uh, per capita poor, so it's much more widely spread out as poor than in America. There's no, there's not a lot of middle class in Tanzania. There's uh, upper class and there's the proletariats. And the proletariats usually live out in the country in villages and shit, and they've been doing that for generations. <clears throat> it's funny the uh contrast of uh rural versus city life when talking about countries and usually in cities around the world third world country cities are usually poor a lot of uh lower class population um in the rural areas is uh am I saying that right no <laughs> sorry in third world countries, the uh, city population is usually more affluent, and the rural populations are usually um, lower class, I suppose I'll say. And in America, it's sort of the, the opposite. You got a little uh, more upper-class people living in rural areas in America, and then you got um, lower-class people living in urban areas. People want to move out to the suburbs, right? Um, it's fucking... I, I can't fathom all of the traveling and life experience that I've had up until this point. I haven't done much since 2016. I haven't done any, actually, besides the States. I need to freshen up that passport book, man. I need to get some stamps in that bitch. But, you know, NOLA is taking up so much of my love and time that I don't really have an urge to. I can't wait to take her to their first country outside of the U.S. I'm so excited. I really want to take Brittany. Um... Hope I made it in the trash. Brittany is uh she would like to go to a resort style um let's say honeymoon. Which is cool. I, I don't mind that at all. But I do like to step outside of that resort once in a while and uh talk to fucking Paco over there and get a little hot dog. Or a little uh fucking Tacos de pollos. So we, I, 
I wouldn't mind going to Mexico for a honeymoon. When I'm going to fucking propose to her. I know when I'm going to do it. Don't you worry, girl. I got you. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. Mexico is easy. It's cheap. And, and uh, I know it pretty well. So it wouldn't be a bad desti- destigation for our uh, honeymoon. So flying to Cancun, it's cheap. And we can travel down to, well, let's take a look at the fucking map here. Let's see. There's a, so Cancun's all right. I mean, you're going to get your resorts there. You're going to get your tourists there. I don't like it that much. When you go inland, it gets a little better, you know, into the city, into the places where the workers and the, the people live. But there's the there are other options if you don't want the Cancun experience and um go south. Puerto Morelos is pretty cool. Um Playa del Carmen is a, is like Cancun light. So I wouldn't totally recommend that. So when we went there in when did we go there? This was my so my ex came with me, well, we had a trip of two weeks, and then I stayed for a month and a half, and she went back to work. Um, we we came down the south, and Puerto Morelos was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, Playa del Carmen was a little packed, and it was like it was Cancun light for sure. Um, but this whole area, it's just. Tulum, that's going to be a tourist area. So here's what we did. We went, we got a bus to Tulum, and then we started hiking. We hiked from Tulum all the way down to Punta Allen here, which was pretty cool. took three days. It's like 30-something miles, and it's a tiny little coastline. This is a, this right here is a lagoon. And this is all in a reserve. Uh, I forget what they call it. Um, but my favorite parts of the trip. So I I know the uh, the term the journey is the destination. For me, that's not really always the case. So for me, the the destination is what makes me happy, but the journey is the experience that I pull from to make me happy at the destination. When I'm hiking three days on this sweltering beach with a 30-pound backpack on my back, sweating my dick off, I am not happy. I am not happy. I get to Punta Allen. There's an American that owns a fucking lodge... In fact, this is it right here. Fisherman Lodge, Ascension Bay, Mexico. American expat owns a lodge here. And we get there. We get a room. I unload, right? I unload and... Then the journey has become 
or the destination has become the story of the journey. Because when I get to the destination, I feel great. I feel like I did something. I feel like I've gotten somewhere. And I feel accomplished. I feel traveled. I feel humbled. I feel awesome. And I just... For me, the journey is not the destination. When I'm journeying, I do not feel as if the same way I feel when I get to where I'm going. So I understand the, uh, I don't know how to put this. The destination is when you realize that the journey is the reason. You know what I mean? So you can't get to where you're going without getting to the destination. And when you're at your destination after the trials and tribulations, because you can't have them separate, right? You can't have just trials. You can't have just tribulations. You can only have trials and tribulations. Just like rape and pillage. You can't just pillage. You can just rape, though. So let me not say that shit. But anyway, who the fuck pill just pillages? You got to rape with it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> when I get to the destination, that's when I start to appreciate the journey. But while you're on the journey, that, sh that appreciation just does not happen for me. This could be different from other people. Other people, I, I, I'm pretty sure I get high off of that hardship and that journey. I'll do the journey. I'll fucking do the journey, but I won't be happy until the destination. And you can write that down. <clears throat> I'm out of fucking whiskey. Can you? Oh, there's more in the house, but you know I have to go up there and get it. I think I'm sufficiently drunk though. Ben, where are you at, son? Let me call his ass. Um, so we got to Punta Allen. We had a. I don't watch the fucking Super Bowl, but. It was nice to uh, experience some hometown culture in the backwoods of Mexico after a long journey. In the future, we'll get this better set up to run my phone through a mixer. I'm assuming you won't answer because he's a bitch. <laughs> what an ass. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Four, two, five, two, seven, five, seven, nine, eight, nine is not available. And you know why his bitch ass ain't available? When you finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Bitch, I know. Yo, bitch. You on the podcast right now, and you're not here. And I'm, I've been talking for about two hours about nothing. And I promised the people, whoever those fucking people are, maybe one or two, that we were going to be doing our first in-studio podcast together, and you were not here. 
Pick up your motherfucking phone, you hypochondriac ass bitch. Oh, by the way, I talked some shit about you in the podcast, so you have to watch it. It's all love, though. Really. Uh, anyway, coming back. Love you. Bye. What a bitch. Can't believe he didn't answer for me. It's only 11 o'clock at night. God damn it. We got heat. We got power. What else could you want? We're out of whiskey. So that could be a drawback. But Mexico, go there. Do it. Don't be afraid. Your fear is only going to get in the way of your life, son. Back in my day, I don't really know what's going from there, but... Shit, I really wish I could just get raw-ass drunk on this podcast. But I'm out, and I don't want to go upstairs to get any more because I'm straight recording this. I could stream this live, but <clears throat> we'll wait. I'm sure this fucking camera battery is going to die soon, too. But then I can just switch to webcam if you motherfuckers want to keep me listening to my bitch ass. Um... And I promise this podcast will get better as time goes on. But for right now, you're getting what you're getting. And be fucking thankful because this is what I've wanted to do all my life. Fucking assholes. God. Where are my batteries at right now? Shit, we're halfway... Damn, 60% charge. This fucking marine battery's got some juice in it. Still got two bars lit up on there. Yeah, I think I'm going to take it with me on the road and charge it that way. Because 12-volt uh, battery chargers are it's another expense, and I don't want to pay that right now. Eventually I will. This is pretty fucking cool, though. Your boy right here has the mind to think of how to do things where things aren't possible. Batteries. Propane. More batteries. Um, I don't have a HDMI interface for my camera, so... Screen capture. Fucking cheap mics that sound great. Fucking free software. In fact, you know what? I'm going to unplug my computer right now so those lights will stop fucking flickering. That's much better. Awesome. I don't know if I want to talk more about traveling. Maybe I do. So I'm looking at my bike frame right now. So this bike frame that I bought for... So I bought the whole bike. It wasn't just the frame. I bought a whole bike when I lived in D.C. in 2013 for $199. $200, you fucking assholes. And <clears throat> that bike, that frame itself, even though it's not a perfectly aligned frame, it has, uh, I wish I could, I mean, I could turn my laptop around to show you webcam let's see
shit out of the way here. So that uh, that bike frame has about that two inch wall. You can buy the frame itself for about eighty bucks. That eighty dollar bike frame has about ten thousand miles on it. Fucking pockmarked. Granted, there are no original parts in the frame itself. When I was riding it, there was no original components. But the frame itself, the skeleton of this bitch, has been with me for years. And it, it's taken me... I was a bike messenger in Washington, D.C., delivering packages all over that city. And that bike frame... Fucking other battery died. That's the last one I got, folks. So we're going to have to go to the webcam here. So that, uh, that bike frame has lasted me tens of thousands of miles for $80. Now, this is kind of speaking to what or who I am. Oh, shit. The battery's getting low. To who I am as a person, I like to go for the uh, the most efficient economical options. Like with this podcast setup, I'm not going to spend a shitload of money. I did spend a good amount of money on equipment so far, but I'm not going to go crazy with it. Um... But I think that budget items can, um, uh, someone's getting fucking pulled over. Budget items can stand the test of time and the test of endurance. That bike got me through 60 miles plus minus a day being a bike messenger. It got me through... Randon Uring, which was, if you guys don't know what Randon Uring is, which most people probably don't, they are long-distance bicycle rides, um, usually set up by a club. Uh, the minimum distance or the lowest distance that they they have, these are leisure rides, kind of leisure, they're fast leisure. There, there's no competition. You finish when you finish, restart when you start. Um, the l smallest distance they have is a hundred and it's two hundred kilometers. So whatever that is in miles, they go from two hundred to twelve hundred k. So my first ride on that, uh, my first random nearing ride on that frame was two hundred k. Actually, I don't fucking remember. I have the card somewhere. Yeah, I believe it was 200K. 
which is like 160 or something miles. Let's uh let's take a look here. 200k. I don't need Spotify open, you fucking fuck. Uh, here we go. 200k two miles. Oh, I was way off. 124 miles. Well, I feel like I did more than that. Let's see. DC ran. Fucking ran. DC ran on yours. Ran on yours. Previous years. Distance board. Did this in 2014. Uh, maybe it wasn't that. 15, maybe? Last name. Can you fucking sort by last name, please? Anyway, the first ride I did was pretty long. It was a uh, so that that frame right there is set up to be a fixed gear. So if you've ever ridden a single speed bike, be it a single speed that coasts, where if you stop pedaling, it just keeps rolling. Or if you backpedal, there's a brake. A fixed gear, alternatively, is neither of those things. A fixed gear bike is the chain itself is directly connected to the wheel. So you can't stop pedaling. Um, a lot of riders run without brakes with these bikes because they use back pressure on the pedals to slow down. Some of these crazy bitches use their foot in the tire. That's dumb. I just use a front brake because that's the most effective brake. And I'm actually going to rebuild that frame. I'm going to sand it down and um, repaint it. Get it back to OG style. But that bike itself, um, after, well, with courier work and the randonneuring, it's, I've spent a lot of time in the saddle, the Brooks B17 leather saddle that was perfectly fit for my ass. I spent so many miles in that bike. I did a cross-country bike trip on that thing with two saddlebags and a tent on top of those 38 days 3200 or 3300 miles from Washington DC to Long Beach California 
averaging about 89 miles a day, sometimes doing more, obviously, sometimes doing less. Um, sleeping in ditches and a lot of KOAs, uh, some motels, eating a lot of Subway. With that bike, I cleared the country on $80 frame. $80 frame. There's no brakes in the welts. Now, there's no brakes in the wells, like I said. Everything else besides the headset, which is what you, uh, the bearings that you use on the forks to steer. Everything besides that and the clamp on the seat post has been changed. The bottom bracket, which is the bearing assembly that you connect the main crank, um, shit, I can't remember all these things, crank set, which is what the pedals are attached to, the, the big ring that the pedals are attached to, that has been replaced a few times. The wheels themselves were pretty stout um, and finely tuned because I learned how to tune those things and straighten them out myself. All those little spokes, you can adjust those and straighten out the wheels. I don't know if you've ever ridden a bike. If you can ride a bike without um, without using your hands and it stays straight, you know you got that bike pretty tuned up. The wheels are tuned. The frame is straight. For this bike... I'd have to really be meticulous to get it that straight. Um, the frame itself isn't super high quality. The uh, rear forks that the rear wheels connect to aren't totally straight, so you kind of kind of maneuver the wheel, the back wheel, in a way that makes it ride straight with the front wheel. <clears throat> get that uh interface away from the computer um the fork itself was uh from the factory also came with the frame also not super straight so you kind of had to finagle the wheel into there to get it straight the wheels were aftermarket i personally tuned them myself made them straight and uh Try uh, trued and when it tensioned, the tires cost about a quarter of what the bike cost. Well, half of what the bike costs if you factor in both of them. I'm assuming that sound will happen a lot. Um. I had no flats until I got to Arizona when I was on the highway and I was riding on the shoulder, the interstate, uh, where there are a lot of little metal pieces from truck tires that get into the wheels. Or tires, I should say. Um, but those uh, Schwab, Schwabby Schwab, I don't know how people pronounce them, they will go forever. They're awesome tires. I put 10,000 miles on a set of those tires. Bicycle tires. And not easy riding either. 
rough terrain, um, city streets, grates, that kind of shit. Uh, I highly recommend if you're going to bicycle long distances to get a Brooks B-17 saddle, which is a leather saddle, so all of you vegans out there that think you're saving the world, that leather, after conditioning and one rain ride, will fit perfectly to your ass moans. I'm sorry, you gotta fucking start eating bacon for that shit. Um, they do, Brooks actually sells a, a, a vegan, vegan saddle, which is made out of some kind of plastic. And I've had that saddle before too. It's called a cambium. Not as good. And it will not form fit to your ass like the, uh, leather saddle will. Still a good saddle, especially for performance riding. Um, but the beef 17 has been around for hundreds of, or uh, at least a hundred years. And you got to get the cutout. You got to get the B17 Imperial. I personally got the B17 without the cutout and I I took this $150 or whatever it was at the time saddle and I took an Exacto knife and cut out a, a slot for my uh I don't know what they I think the medical term is uh chode. I cut out a chode hole because after one ride on that B17 I my dick was numb and that scared the piss out of me so much that I couldn't piss I definitely couldn't come so I did a little cutout and after that cutout I was golden I could ride hundreds of miles on that thing without feeling any kind of discomfort any kind of numbness and uh <clears throat> so yeah I uh Highly recommend if you're gonna if you're gonna ride a bicycle long distances to get a a fucking cow leather saddle. Okay. I don't give a fuck about you vegans out there. If you wanna ride long distances, then just stand up, alright? Um went over tires and wheels, saddle. Other thing you got to worry about is handlebar tape. Handlebars don't really matter that much. I have drop handlebars. Um, if you don't know what drop handlebars are, they're what you typically see on a road bike. They're, they go out like this and come down so you can drop into them or you can sit upright on them. Um, the wrapping on those, which is uh, it's key to... Uh, fatigue it's key to so for for that cross-country ride I actually ended up with a few months after I did it with uh, thumb and pinky numbness because it just killed the nerves in there and so I just had some standard cork wrapping you can definitely go with something higher class than that if you're a savage just take the numbness fuck it your nerves will grow back in time um, but yeah, I mean, you don't need anything special to ride across the country. You don't need anything special to, to do anything these days. I mean, there's so much competition in the free market that, um, you can get $60, 70, whatever it is right now, microphone 
this was actually 120 because it came with the boom and the cables and the uh, the headphones. But the mic itself was is about 60, 70 bucks, and it's it's pretty pretty fucking solid for a podcasting mic. Eventually we'll upgrade. We'll get some SM7Bs in here if we get if you motherfuckers like this shit. And we get some subscribers. Um, but, uh, seriously, man. Just keep to your budget. Don't go all out for something that you're gonna dilettante your way into. Um, keep it simple. That's, that's the, the goal of my life, to keep it simple. Um, to keep this fucking audio interface from interacting with my sound. But yeah, that, that fucking bicycle itself, thousands of miles for $80. I mean, there's a little bit of, um, for me, it's, it's more about the human than about the machine, I suppose, even though I'm super into gear. It's what you do with the gear that makes it special, and it's what, uh, if if this podcast ever gets popular, it's because the content and not the gear that it's gonna make it uh special. It's uh it's about me and Ben talking about shit, making fun of each other, and me trying to convince that Ben to try to be less emotional and trying to convince him that life is not as serious as he thinks it is. And, you know, to, uh, just take it easy, man. That's what I'm trying to say. That was a lot. I think I'm going to try to end it here. I really don't want to, but I think that's enough for tonight. Um, shots and thoughts, y'all. Please subscribe or whatever the fuck you want to do. We have no sponsors besides, uh, this RB Plum Twist, this Plist Winter Dish that has barely kept me going because I haven't drank much. Mostly... This podcast is sponsored by whiskey, which I'm out of. Uh, A little bit of nicotine, tobacco-free nicotine. Also not going to mention the company. I'm trying to be, trying to position this in a way that I'm not going to get sued later on. But... I don't know. I'm just doing this to see where it goes. 
Hopefully some people are interested. Hopefully you fucking jack-offs in your typical, you know, Honda Civics. I drive it on cord, so <laughs> not that much different. Going on your 9-to-5s, I work a little more, so not that much different. Can have a little bit of uh, inspiration to get through your day and see how we do. Um, see how a couple of fucking jack-offs just talk about life and get through it, I suppose. And we do it on a budget. I mean, this is a, a pretty fucking simple, awesome setup. I'm really enjoying this. I don't know if anybody has heard me outside of this garage. Got a hole over there in the drywall next to my neighbor's garage, but I think his lazy ass is done for the night. I think I'm I'm good though with that. Yeah, shots and thoughts, episode three. Subscribe or whatever you want to fucking do. Talk about us. I'll bring Ben's ass in next week and we'll get something real. Talk a little more. But until then, keep it easy. <laughs>